Chuck is one of the elders here at Good Shepherd, and is going to be bringing the morning message. This is the final series. We've been doing the series on Ephesians, and so this is going to be the, the last one coming out of Ephesians chapter 6. So let's just uh, pray for Chuck as he brings the, the message this morning. So, Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for your, your word. We thank you for the time that we could worship together. And we just pray right now, Lord, that you would prepare our hearts to receive what you want to say to us each one of us in this, in this time. We pray, Father, for Chuck as he brings the word, Lord, that you will uh, give him the, the clarity of mind and, and your presence. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Well, good morning. I feel like I've uh, just been through a massive session this morning. It was great worship. Um, the Lord of God showed up like he always does for us. Um, so we're ending Ephesians. Uh, today we're going to be talking about Ephesians 6, 10 to 24, um, standing firm. And I, as I was standing over there, I had to think when we invited people forward, standing firm. It's not about how old we are or who we are. It's about our alignment with the Father. There were Sons and daughters, husbands and wives, children that were all standing up here. I don't know if you saw that, but they were all standing up here because we were in the presence of the Lord. And I, I think that's just so exciting. I, that's not part of my message today, but um, I just thought that was so exciting to see. Um, so how are we doing, church? How are we doing? Well, today, in our nation, uh, the United States of America sometimes feels like it's not the nation I grew up in. My kids often will tell me when I say things like that, Dad, you're getting old. I don't feel old. I mean, I'm only 50. It's only a half a century, right? Right? Come on. <laughs> but there are times, I don't know, when I'm getting up in the morning after I played sports the night before, um, maybe lawn, did too much yard work the day before, uh, or my favorite thing during this time of year, I actually take off work to go to market. I enjoy standing at market and selling uh, meats and cheeses. Uh, and... Um, the older I get, the more it affects me. But in those times, I ask myself, why am I doing this? I look at my wife and say, how did this happen? How did we get to this phase? Today's America seems different, with different challenges. We could talk about civil discord over the exchange of ideas. We could talk about inflation. In the industry I work in, long-term care, we could talk about the staffing shortage. Uh, I, I realize that's in other industries as well, but we actually care for people, so we need people to show up to care for people. We could also talk about some changes in values that seem to be wearing at the fabric 
of our nation. The world's not much better, some may say. They may actually say it's worse. We have nations at civil war with one another. We have nations at war with one another, invading other countries. We have lockdowns, and there's persecution of the church. The enemies of this world want to distract us from God's will. Those things aren't really God's will. But the enemy wants to distract us from God's will. He wants us to hear all the noise. Um, I think years ago I used to really like to watch the news. I don't watch the news so much anymore. And he wants to distract us because he wants to take us away from the plans and purposes of our Father. So who are we? Who are we becoming? Well, to talk about that, I want to go to Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, and the writings of Ephesians, because he tells the Ephesians who they are. This letter was written to a faithful, loyal, steadfast group of believers in one of the most important cities in the ancient Mediterranean world. It laid on the coast of Asia Minor, what we would probably call modern-day Turkey. And it was one of the oldest settlements of Greeks. But it also was a provisional hub, a provisional area where the Romans governed from in Asia. And so he has words for us in that text that I think weren't just important to the Ephesians to understand who they were, but are also important to us today. Starting in Ephesians 6, 10 and 11, it states, in conclusion, he starts with the conclusion. In conclusion, just a side note, did you ever wonder, there's all this text in the New Testament, and most of it, not all of it, but most of it is written by Paul. Why, why did God choose Paul? Because Paul maybe chose God at one point. Side note. But in conclusion, be strong in the Lord. Draw upon your strength from him and be empowered through the union with him and in power of his boundless might put on the full armor not half the armor not some of the armor not a couple items that you like put on the full armor so that you may be able to successfully stand against all the schemes, and the strategies, and the deceit of the devil. 
Let's think about the Ephesians. Living in Rome, living under Rome, they're reading this letter from the Apostle Paul about putting on armor. I can only imagine the images that they had, the images that were brought into their mind of heavy, armed Roman soldiers. In that day and age, you didn't want to see heavy, armed Roman soldiers. And I, I probably am not tall enough to be a heavy, armed Roman soldier in that day. But let's not get overwhelmed by the worries and cares of this world. The enemy uses them to distract. Whether they're things like fear and anxiety or concerns, or whether they come in the form of worldly pleasures, a false sense of wealth, because their wealth really comes from God, or passionate desires. For a struggle is not against flesh and blood, but it's against rulers, it's against powers, it's against the world forces of this present darkness. It's against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on the complete armor of God so that you will be able to resist, stand your ground in the evil day. And having done that, and having done everything, to stand firm in your place, fully prepared, unmovable, victorious. Jesus defends every enemy. Oh, sorry, Jesus defeated every enemy. He also defends us. But he defeated every enemy when he died on the cross and conquered the grave. It is with confidence in his victory that we can put on the full armor of God and stand strong in the daily battles that we face. So what is this armor that you're talking about, Chuck? What is this armor? Putting on the armor is about suiting up daily. Think about it. This morning, you probably, well, from what I can see up here, you all got dressed, and you all came to church. Depending on what you're doing for the day, you may dress differently. Um, some of us actually don't even dress the same way we used to for work because we work from home now. Uh, you may not have your shoes on if you're at home. Hopefully you have your pants on, but uh, you may not have your shoes on if you work from home. But it really depends on what we're doing that day. Have you ever got dressed and you forgot an article of clothing? No one wants to admit that? Forgot an article? Okay, you'll admit that. Or maybe you showed up, and I didn't do it today, but maybe you showed up with two different socks on, 
uh, or you're running out the door and you actually have two different shoes on. I did that once. I was running out the door, I had my shoe on and I had my son's shoe on and I was like, this feels kind of clunky. Feels a little awkward. Or maybe you don't forget those things. But do you ever forget your wallet? Your keys? How about your cell phone? How many people have forgotten their cell phone? They may not be the same as getting dressed, but in our day and age, those are pieces that we have to get on. So let's suit up first with the belt of truth. So standing firm and holding your ground, having tightened the wide band of truth around your waist. The armor of God starts with the belt of truth. That is what's true. And in accordance with fact or reality. At times, it seems like living in this age, truth is under attack. We have our view, and sometimes we have the worldview. And truth is under attack. But let's not fear, because um, I believe Paul starts with the belt of truth. Because this is what holds all the other pieces of armor together. To be fit with the belt of truth means that we're ready. We're getting ready for battle. And it also communicates our identity in Christ. You may say, Chuck, well, what do you mean by that? Um, I don't know how many people maybe have lived in the South or maybe grew, visited down South. There's some sections actually here in Pennsylvania that you can see these big belt buckles. Um, I know some guy that wears one, and he's not here this morning, I can see, but these big belt buckles, and sometimes they communicate something. They communicate what we're interested in, who we are, something about us. Maybe you don't understand that, but here's one thing that happened to me that I thought was kind of unique. It was many years ago, not that many, but it was several years ago. And I had the opportunity to attend, and maybe Doug, you did this, the National School Board Conference in New Orleans. It was interesting because at the same time the school board conference was happening in New Orleans, there was also this other thing going on. At the same conference center, it was called WrestleMania. <laughs> and I was amazed that these people had these belts. They hung around their waist or over their shoulders, and they would walk around, and they were excited about this. It was, it was so interesting to me. We actually left for the airport, and we were kind of like really curious what was going on. And uh, when we left for the airport, a gentleman joined us. And he had one of these belts. And so we were just asking him about it. And he just was so excited about WrestleMania. So I'm not here to get you to 
get a big belt buckle or a WrestleMania belt. But think about it. They were so excited. We should be so excited about putting on the belt because it helps identify the truth that we believe in. Ultimate truth can only be found in the word of God and in the person of Jesus. We must know this truth in order to protect ourselves as well as our loved ones. It's not just about self. It's also about the people we love, we care about. Against the lies of the devil. Truth grounds us. Reminds us our identity in Christ. We should be tightening the belt daily. By being in the word and holding the scriptures in our memory. Holding the scriptures in our memory. Recently, um, like I said, I work in healthcare, and recently I was informed about a particular church that designed a service for individuals with dementia. Somebody asked, what's an individual with memory loss going to get out of a church service? But there's something amazing about it. It's not long, but people choose to come. And when they get to things like quoting scripture, like praising the Lord and singing those songs, it's amazing how much comes back. Embedded in them. Embedded in them. And even with memory loss, the truth exists. The breastplate of righteousness. And having put on the breastplate of righteousness, righteousness means we're being made right. As believers, we are not righteous apart from what has been given to us by our Heavenly Father. This breastplate is God's righteousness. It's not ours. It's God's righteousness, which he freely gives to us as believers. And his righteousness never fails. Just as a police officer or a soldier puts on a breastplate or what we might call a bulletproof vest to protect their vital organs, we must choose to arm ourselves with the breastplate to protect our heart. We become followers of Jesus by declaring with our mouth, Jesus is Lord, and we believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead. For it is with our heart that we believe. We have been provided with the full complement of God's armor to stand upright 
when facing the devil's schemes. So do not believe the lies that you're not good enough. Or if they only knew, they wouldn't welcome me. Because I know. I know adulterers, drunks, stealing, thieving liars. And you say, Chuck, what? Who are you hanging out with? Well, you know them too. The stories are in the Bible. Adulterers, drunks, stealing, stealing liars. Their stories are in the Bible. And God saved them from the pit of hell. Not because of who they were, but because of his righteousness. The shoes of readiness of the gospel of peace. And having strapped on our feet the gospel of peace in preparation to face the enemy steadfast and ready for the good news. Peace is an attribute of the Lord's very person and character. In Greek, peace means oneness or wholeness. The good news is the forgiveness of sins, which provides us access to God through faith in Jesus. This oneness was the Lord's This oneness with the Lord produces peace. It was the, the word that became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus is our firm foundation. So we're talking about shoes here, our feet. How many of you enjoy hiking? There's a couple. How about walking? Jogging? Does anybody really like to go for a run? Great. We're talking about shoes. We don't just pick up the shoes that we need for hiking or walking or even playing basketball or football and put them on and go out and do that. We have to break them in. We have to put them on daily. How many people have ever hiked in boots that they did not break in? <laughs> How did it go? Not so well. You end up with blisters. So we need to take the time to prepare with our footwear. In saying that, we, sh we also need to preach the gospel daily, starting with ourselves. Preaching is not about standing up here behind the pulpit, delivering a message. It's about reading, studying, and listening. And, you know, when, whenever you 
preach, you probably learn more than probably what you deliver. Uh, and those are all things that I need to continue to try to do daily. It's also about declaring God's truth and praising his name as we worship the king. We need to, to share and testify about what the Lord is doing in our lives. And we can do those things here. And we did do those things here. You've heard people talk about their testimony. But we also have to do those things out there. So, are we hungry for the gospel today? Will we be hungry for the gospel tomorrow? Are we hungry for the gospel every day? The shield of faith. Above all, lift up the protective shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Lift up. Roman soldiers carried shields that were heavy, but they were often covered with like an animal skin over the shield. And before battle, they would take the shields and they would dip them into water. And that, so that the, when the arrows hit the shields, or the darts hit the shields, uh, that they would be extinguished. Our faith needs to be dipped into the water of God's word regularly. For this is what protects us from the schemes of the evil one. As I was reading through Ephesians, I was kind of pulled back to, to John, uh, the Gospel of John, and I was reminded that Jesus, when he appeared to the disciples, specifically, especially to Thomas, he told them, because you see me, you believe Believe, but there are those that are coming who will believe who haven't seen me. I had to think about that because sometimes I want to understand everything about God. You know, I believe in him. I believe in God. I have faith in God. But I don't understand everything about him. It is because we believe in his promises, which are true, that we put on the armor. Besides that, I'm not sure I would want to serve, believe in a God that I could understand. That 
the helmet of salvation. And take the helmet of salvation. Salvation is about putting our trust in Jesus' death and resurrection. The helmet is like the breastplate. Resting on the work of Jesus to save us. It is a crucial piece of armor. Without it, all the other armor seems a little bit useless. Belief in God is the reason we fight. Without salvation, there is no victory. About three years ago, it was a Saturday. I decided it was time to clean out the gutters on my roof. Well, there's this funny thing. Um, I, I don't have an extension ladder. And so we have a two-story house. And so I came up with this great idea, which I've done before, is I could get on top of the garage. My daughter knows the story. I can get on top of the garage, and then I can take that same ladder and stick it on the eaves of the garage and get on top of the big roof. I've done this before. Um, well, that day, I discovered what a blow to the head does to you. So I got on the roof okay. I uh, got up there, cleaned out the gutters, so the gutters were clean. And then I thought to myself, you know, wouldn't it be bad if I got down and fell? <laughs> so I got on the ladder, and the ladder started tipping. Um, and unfortunately, our chimney there actually had a brick that was loose, so I grabbed a hold of the brick. And that's actually what hit me in the head. <laughs> so I just say this, that as a healthcare professional, a blow to the head creates a lot, a lot. Did I say a lot of blood? I'm still here. There was protection. But when we don't have our helmet on, an extreme blow to the head could kill us, could take us out for a while. And that day I could see the blood externally, but also keep in mind that that blow to the head also may have some internal side effects. So I just use that as an example. Some images, whether they're visual or auditory, because sometimes we hear things and we get an idea in our head. It might not be the right idea, but we get an idea in our head are very difficult to shake. And so it's important to protect our minds. Uh, it's important to talk with our children about protecting their minds. The mind is the primary place spiritual battles are fought. We tend to drift towards what we're focused on. 
So routinely put on the armor, or put on the, the helmet. When we put on that helmet, we can surrender our daily thoughts and align our minds with the scripture. It says, keep your mind on the things above, not on the things of this world. The sword of the Spirit, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, the sword is the only offensive weapon of warfare noted in these scriptures. It can also be a defensive weapon, but it's the only office weapon of warfare noted in the scriptures here. All the other are defense to protect our body from harm. For the word of the Lord is active, is alive and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. It penetrates even to divide soul and spirit, joint and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. When I think about separating joints, bone, from marrow, actually, I just got a different thought, but the first thing that came to my mind when I was typing this out was um, the skill of a surgeon. Um, uh, what I was just thinking, just so everyone knows, was the skill of a butcher. <laughs> the butcher is dealing with a dead animal. But it's the skill of the surgeon. When I think of the skill of the surgeon, uh, there are two things that actually come to my mind. Is um, One, uh, and first and foremost, is when our children were born. Two of our children were C-section. Um, so I had a very different experience than my wife had with that. <laughs> but it takes a skillful surgeon to cut open the abdomen, pull out the baby, both my wife and my kids are here today because of that skillful surgeon. But the other thing that I thought of, and um, probably because there's some history in my family, is cancer. Sometimes the skillful surgeon goes in and they're cutting away the cancer, the tumor, and they're cutting around the bone, cutting it out of the marrow, and their precision is important in that matter. God's our skillful surgeon. He gives us a beautiful example of how to use this sword when he models it as he's tempted in the wilderness. He takes that scripture and he turns away the devil. That's why we need to get it in our heads. We need to memorize it. We need to 
soak it in as we put on this armor. Ephesians 6, 18 through 22. I'm going to put my glasses on for this. With all prayer and petition, pray with specific requests at all times, on every occasion and in every occasion, in the spirit. Stay alert with all petitions. Interceding in prayer for all of God's people. And then Paul goes on and says, pray for me. That words may give that the words may be given to me when I open my mouth to proclaim the boldness, boldly, bold mystery of the good news for which I am an ambassador in chains and pray that in proclaiming it I may speak boldly and courageously as I should. Now, so that you may know how I am, what I am doing. Didymus, a beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, will tell you everything. I have sent him to you for this very purpose, so that you may know how I'm do- how we are and what he may and that he may comfort you and encourage you and strengthen your hearts peace to the brothers and sisters from the lord from god the father and the lord jesus christ grace be to all who love the lord with undying and uncorruptible love. I find Paul's words here interesting. So he wants to know, he wants them to know what he's doing. He wants them to know, he wants to tell them everything. Kind of a clean slate. Are we willing to be that vulnerable with one another? To share that? I had to think of obituaries. You often look in the obituaries and you see you know, how people word things. And um, kind of wondered what, if I had the choice of kind of putting what's in, I, I've seen, and, and there's nothing wrong with this, but I've seen people put in there, you know, I attended this church, or I was a professing Christian, or I did this. Whether it's now or later, I'm not sure I want to be known as the professing Christian or the regular church attender. 
Um, the words that I'm going to read here are actually from a, a song I liked that were kind of modified um, uh, by Ann Wilson to say that I would rather be known as a blood-bought, battle-fought, all my shame is gone, new child of the king. It testified, holy water baptized, went down and came up clean. A soul saved by his amazing grace. And now, there's nothing that can take that away from me. As we begin to kind of conclude our time together. One thing I want to note is as we put on this full armor, prayer is important in it all. Praying through it is important in it all. We should be praying specific requests at all times. God doesn't get tired of us going into his throne room. And I've always prayed, God, if, if I come into your throne room and I continue to have the same request and it's not fulfilled, I'm going to continue to come there and you're going to have to change my mind. Show me what it is I should be praying for, where I should be moving. So we should be playing specific requests at all times, on every occasion and in every scene, staying alert, interceding in prayer for all God's people, not just us. God sees us for our ability rather than our disability. And that should be our, there's one thing that me and uh, my wife has been praying through uh, in our family. We want God to see us individually as a family for our ability, not our disability. So be strong and courageous. Put on the full armor of God daily. And having, because you have been recruited, sought after by God to be part of God's army calling called to stand firm and hold your ground I want to thank the worship team for coming up but I do have one other thing I'm going to read and I was going to invite you up right now but but uh, Deuteronomy 3.22 it states do not fear them for it is the Lord your God, who will fight for you. So, in closing, I want to kind of pray through or talk through how we should suit up. We should put on truth because it protects against lies and deception. We should put on righteousness from God, not our own, from God to protect ourselves 
to pretend so we have temptation, the temptations we battle. We should put on the gospel. So we are ready to declare his name to the nations, choosing to walk in the peace and freedom of his spirit, not being overwhelmed by fear and anxiety. We lift up faith that will extinguish all the darts and threats hurled at us by the enemy. We believe in his power, his blood, to protect us and cover us. We put on salvation to cover our minds, thoughts, reminding us that we are his children. We take up the word of God, the offensive weapon given to us for battle, which has the power to take down strongholds. And let's not forget that because of his amazing grace, we're free. I just want to pray over us and just thank the Lord for being in this space. Um, I'll invite the prayer team to come forward. Uh, if you do need prayer, you're struggling, please come forward. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, we just, we just thank you for your time together this morning. We thank you that we can be baptized in your, your water, your blood, Lord, your word, Lord God. We ask for your covering to be upon us this week as we go from here. In your precious name we pray.